He keeps himself in trim by bending bars of iron. This bar is the genuine article which we tested before he began to play with it. Beyond the bend. Beyond the bend. All right, Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much for having me, Cody. This is uh, quite the hobby we've gotten ourselves into, isn't it? <laughs> All right, well, since... You will be the first crowned Beyond the Bend Rookie of the Year come the end of the year. Because I don't think anyone else has gotten as much done as you have in, what is it, been, oh, eight months? Man. Yeah, yeah, no, it's five months now. Okay. So it's, yeah, still still fairly new. But <laughs> So what was it, like three, take me back. So, all right, let's start at props. So, okay, so the, the Who was the first of person you've seen bend some steel? <laughs> So I think it just goes like with everybody else going back to like the 1970s world strongest man where they're bending rebar with the worst technique you could possibly <laughs> bend with. And uh, you know, it's no wonder that like Bill Kazmaier almost tore his shoulder out doing all that stuff. But uh, yeah, that's probably the first time I saw someone bending steel. And then to be quite honest, I never took an interest in it. I was like, Oh, it's kind of cool. And then focused on their log lifts and everything else. Right. But yeah, it's, that's probably the first time we saw somebody bending steel. Cool. And then what sparked your interest uh, back like five, five months ago or whatever? Oh, man. So this is kind of an embarrassing story, but kind of funny <laughs> at the same time. Right. Uh, when in May, when uh, I mean, COVID hit hard, um, we were told all of our competitions were canceled. So I kind of went through a period where I was kind of down on myself. I'm like, what the hell? And uh, out of boredom, I downloaded the app TikTok because it reminded me of Vine from way back in the day when he used to yeah. make stupid videos. And I love making stupid videos. So I checked it out and uh, <laughs> there's a lot of garbage on that app. But um, <laughs> I came across some videos of challenges. So people were taking just regular chicken eggs and trying to like crack them in their bicep and in their hands yeah. and anywhere else they could. And I was doing pretty good at that because I'd done grip strength sports before then. And uh, and then they just started popping up. And then I came across um, Dave Whitley and Tim Fox um, performing strongman. And I saw them bending steel and nails. So I decided to give it a shot. Uh, and <laughs> I went out to the local hardware store and bought some 60 penny nails. And yes. I came back and I'm like, well, I've seen them bend in t-shirts, but I think that's going to hurt. So, <laughs> and then I saw someone bending in blue Cordura. So I'm like, okay, what, what do I have around here that I could use? And I found a bag that I, um, you know, those old camping chairs that fold out. There's a bag yeah. that it went into and I cut that up into little strips and then try to bend that. And that was the, an eye-opening experience to try and bend a 60 penny, even with wraps, man. I, I couldn't believe that someone could be that strong to fold it like nothing. Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me because I've been in strength sports forever and to see someone just annihilate a 60 penny, it was so frustrating, but at the same time, it sparked my interest. I'm like, I have to know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it kind of, yeah. I mean, you've listened to the episodes and it comes up here and there and it's like, it's not a trick, but there's, mm -hmm. you could say there's a trick to it, right? Like, right. Because you do have to have some amount of strength to do it. But if you don't yeah. know how to do it, you're not yeah. really going to be able to do it, really. Like, yeah, absolutely. 
it's such a tricky thing like that because my friend asked asked me recently so he's like what is it is it if, is it that you're just getting so strong i'm like i'm definitely <laughs> getting strong but there also is a trick to it and then there's like this whole mental aspect of like believing you can do it once yeah. like it's it's just a such a strange thing you know i think you're just getting tougher you just <laughs> yeah <laughs> right it's it's funny when uh so i started progressing through and bent the 60 penny and then um can't remember what I ordered. If I, oh, what I happened was I ordered some blue cordura from um, gripandbend.ca, which handles a lot of bending stock up here. Yep. Uh, they sent me some uh, iron mine wraps, but they also threw in a blue nail and a yellow nail at the same time. Nice. So I cranked through those like nothing. So I'm like, okay, I'll move on to the red. So I ordered some reds and it showed up and I quickly learned that I wasn't ready <laughs> <laughs> and my hands hurt. And, um, you know, being in, in athletics for so long, you know, when you're out of position, like I knew I was strong enough to do it, but I was not in the right spot to do it. Right. And I, I remember it. I've got one here. I remember grabbing one, brought it up here and I tried to chicken wing the stupid thing down here like this. And it was going nowhere. Like, this is so frustrating. And I remember my wife watching me like, what is wrong with you? But yeah. it and is doing, such yeah. an awkward double overhand is about the most awkward feeling thing the first time you like try to get it under your chin yeah it just feel like you're like i'm supposed to generate power this way like it's just right? really strange yeah. feeling yeah i can't even it, it's so and especially when you get into longer lengths that is really really awkward yeah yeah absolutely yeah so you said you've had a long history in strength sports yeah. um you also said you were sidelined from some competition stuff so take me through what you uh what you came up doing and what you're doing these days so typical canadian i grew up playing hockey uh nice. played competitive hockey up until about 18 19 um and i started throwing so <laughs> long story short my father's side of the family when the movie braveheart came out they felt like they had to take up their scottish roots so oh, awesome. they they got their tartan all together and they started <laughs> having you know scottish parties and and they signed up for this heavy events school in fergus ontario and they were going to learn how to throw these things and throw hammers and shot put and everything else and so they recruited my dad into it nice so he did that for a while and eventually, you know, I started watching him when I was seven, eight years old. And then when I was 15, I actually started throwing in it and I've been throwing at it ever since. So it's been quite a few years. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And is that like, uh, how many competitions and stuff go on with that? Like throughout the year? Yeah, honestly, it, if I wanted it to be, it could be almost every weekend between May and October. Wow. Right. There's just so many across the world and, and even in just North America alone. Yeah. Like there's just tons of them. And um, now that I'm in the pro level, um, you kind of have to pick and choose. And a lot of places won't have professional ranks. So it does get a little bit more limited. Um, and I haven't headed over to Scotland yet to compete. So I'm really hoping to do that next year. We'll see what happens with this whole pandemic thing. But, right. Right. Yeah. Wow. Have you connected with any of the other guys in bending that have the, the throwing background? I think there's a, a couple at least. No, no. Actually, well, there's um, a fella I met in um, Loon Mountain last year, Kyle. He, he started picking it up and he's shown interest in it. And uh, 
spent a few 60 pennies and he's he took a break for a while and he's back in it but uh he's the um, only other one i know that uh look on the steel shredder uh group simon stewart that just okay. for a thing just bent uh he snapped a, a red and a single david horn rap which is very very painful hard <laughs> feat to do uh i believe his background is in in uh throwing too oh okay is he american he's american but then moved to Denmark, I think. I think he's been oh, over there okay. like a, uh, like twelve years. I was just watching something on him the other day. Okay. Um. Cool. Yeah. So and uh, yeah. So someone uh from jujitsu said like he saw me doing the bending thing and he said like the next thing you're gonna be do is doing is like tossing the caber or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> Google it real quick. What the fuck is that? And it, like. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, that looks pretty cool. <laughs> oh man, it's another fringe sport, and it, yeah, and, you know the people that are in it love it, and it's such a great culture to be in. Yeah. Now, did you did you happen to see the Strongest Man in History that series on hit? Uh, I on did. The yeah. Channel? Yeah. Yeah, with Eddie Hall and all those guys. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing, and that mm -hmm. that uh, that definitely like put a lot of light on all the Scottish strongman stuff. Really. Absolutely, cool. and it was it's it's really funny to watch that one because you watch these guys who are the strongest guys in the world try and turn um, what's considered in our world, like a top amateur caber. That's not even a professional caber. Like yeah, that's wow. even more difficult than the one they were trying to turn. Right. Because it, man, it takes a lot of practice and that's of all the, the events that are in the Highland games, that's probably the one that's the most unique and the most, you can't, you can't really relate it to anything. You have to practice caber in order to get it right. So to just pick it up. And I mean, it's amazing that those guys were able to do that with that caber. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's eye-opening the first time you try and pick one up. <laughs> that, yeah. It looks so difficult. That was like, yeah. out of all the stuff they did on that season, that seemed to be like one of the most awkward ones for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so take me uh, take me through the prog process of uh, blue to red. So is that when you started reaching out to people on Instagram? Because that's what my story was. <laughs> yeah, like, pretty how much. Do, right? How do I make this jump? <clears throat> I started looking at all the. I've probably seen every red nail cert video on YouTube and anywhere I could find. Right, and I'm a person who really learns uh, through visual cues. So people posting videos is fantastic because I can see where they're going wrong, where their power position is, you know, what I can pick up a lot of things from videos. So just being able to watch those. So that's what I did. I went and just looked at everything I could. And uh, yeah, I, I switched, I think it was, might've been Devin um, Hoover. I think is his last name. Yep. Um, eat chalk, get big. That's his, yeah, his Instagram this is how I know everybody. Yeah, uh, right. I don't know their names. I know their Instagram. I was pretty sure your name was Chuck till like two weeks <laughs> right? ago. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but he he's the one that suggested I move up to like grade five bolts. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll try this, right? So they're a little bit harder than a 60 penny. So I use those for volume and then it just kind of went from there. And then one day I just got fed up and went out to the garage and like, I have to bend this stupid thing. And it went like nothing. Oh was, man. It was unreal. I couldn't, I had to check it twice to make sure it was the right nail because yeah. I you know, left it for so long and came back to it. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's like, that's when I started, I reached out to Jaden Majenski. He told me the same thing, get yourself yeah. some grade fives and grade eights. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big gap there. And uh, what mm -hmm. uh, JT was saying on the show the last week that 
from red to gold is also a huge gap. Like you got to fill that in somehow too, you know, and you're also dealing with a a very odd length to that bar. And um, there's not a whole lot to fill that space too. You got to get really creative. That's, that's, it's huge advantage. From what I've heard, it's not a particularly strong bar as far as like cert bars go. Cause I think, um, they were saying it was only like 530 pounds, but 530 at eight and three, three eighths inches is unreal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So have you ordered your red yet or have you? Uh, yeah, it's, it's on its way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Waiting on it. Uh, I <clears throat> but uh, yeah, the goal, I did my gold braced uh, just with the leg crush and it, it was even awkward um, with uh, with the length just like that, just like trying to get my legs really? that far apart. And uh, but I felt like once it went, that it went pretty. Like once it was significantly kinked, it kind of wanted to go. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I feel like there's uh, certainly uh, Derek Grable is doing like thicker stuff, no doubt, mm-hmm. just shorter. And he he did the did the golden uh, double wraps, and a bunch of people have taken it down in doubles, but. Uh, it's yeah, I just it, it's so frustrating because even the the bar I took down yesterday is a six hundred pound rated bar, right? So yeah, this is seventy pounds less, and it's so frustrating to have this sitting in my garage, <laughs> unbent. Yeah, uh, I just yeah, I think that'll be a, a whole thing. I'll have to move to some longer lengths and get comfortable to that position, right? Yeah, just order some stock and just like start moving it out like a quarter of an inch, like every yeah. couple of weeks or something. <laughs> um. All right. So why don't we talk about uh, just strength training in general? Like, are you doing, do you have the means to still train like strength at home? Yeah. So I, yeah, a few years ago, I invested like 900,000 bucks into a home gym that I really didn't have money for. And it's paid for itself so many times over. So now I have um, a setup here in the gym or in the garage and I'm able to actually get most of my main lifts in. And then I'm also, um, doing some Highland games throwing. So from October to beginning of December, maybe the end of December, I'm kind of just doing what I want to do. If I feel like going to squat, then I'll go squat or there's no um, setup schedule for me. When January hits, that's when I get into like the real programming and getting back into throwing. So nice. hopefully it'll be worth it next year and we'll actually have a season, but yeah, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, similar story here like uh we finished our basement i think it was done the the end of february and i uh a friend of mine was like i have a squat rack and a bench if you want it and i was like yeah absolutely and like it's been my the savior of this time you know just having this area down here to do the shows to do bending and having the weight room is like Mm -hmm been such a savior i've like feel for people that don't have something set up at home right now yeah and it's having a home gym and a lot of people don't talk about this having a home gym is a huge advantage because when you feel like going to work out you can right whereas if you have a gym membership i gotta put all my shit on i gotta put my bag together i gotta go out the door it's it's a hassle but if i'm feeling strong and i'm feeling like i want to work out i'm like 30 seconds away from a squat rack right and i think being able to capitalize on those times when you're feeling that good is unreal like you can't you can't put a measurement to that yeah that's a really good point i've never heard anyone make that particular point before but that that makes a lot of sense 
I know some people say they feel like they need to like get out of the house to have the mm. discipline to do whatever. I don't know, but like it is I don't hard. Think and I'll ever go yeah, back to it, membership. No, good God. Well, I <laughs> I have a membership now, and it's but it's in a gym. It's a little more private than a regular gym. I mean, it's it's owned by two of the nicest people who are um, they're actually natural bodybuilders, but. It's a great gym. They kind of filter the members in and out. There's a lot of cops that go in there. So it's, it's mm-hmm. a pretty good gym. And I, I've, I've been nothing but happy of being there. Nice. nice. So, and hopefully they don't get shut down. I mean, they, they're not charging very much for membership. So I usually like this past time when they got shut down, I just kept paying membership. And I imagine everybody else did just to help out small business. So I hope yeah. it doesn't happen to them again. But yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a crazy time. So why don't we talk about, uh, it comes up on every show, but it's just part of the foundation now is like, let's talk about um, functional strength and Mm -hmm. in in relating that to bending and grip and all that stuff. Like what's your, what's your thoughts on is bending getting you stronger um, and in what way and all that stuff? Yeah, man. I, because of only been in for, five months or so it's been hard to measure that but um, I was out in the uh, shot put circle the other day throwing shot and what I noticed was my fingers were a lot stronger so I've actually like we hold it in these three fingers and it's actually shortened my finger tendons a little bit and give me more spring in my hand if that makes any sense yeah Um, yeah but yeah that's the biggest thing I've noticed I haven't really been able to to see the results yet all i know is my hands feel like clubs yeah (laughs) they're they're getting thick and they're ridiculous yeah (laughs) yeah yeah uh it's pretty interesting like i I definitely think it like built i mean i think don maybe some other people have taken pictures but it's like it builds your tendons you know and i I don't think that's something that like i don't know enough about like uh anatomy to like even get into that but it's like mm-hmm. that's just what is that that's just time repetitive uh like stress on that that's going to mm-hmm. build it over time that's not something you can really set out to strengthen or it or is no that something- that's yeah. definitely repetitive um <laughs> ripping of muscle tendon and fiber and rebuilding and just building that little bit of scar tissue over and over and over again right and getting used to that type of stress on your joints. And I've, I talked about this with somebody the other day and bending. So bodybuilding, powerlifting, weightlifting, and all that, it's, it's more working your muscle belly like the middle of the muscle and getting engaging your muscle. Whereas nail bending, you get to a point where you flex and engage the muscle, but now you're relying on, on tendon strength and ligament strength. And now that's where it kicks in. And I think that that's where bending has superiority in that area mm. because it's, you can be muscular, but it's, it'll help you to a degree. Not, you know, yeah. I've seen some small guys crush some huge steel. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is not sure. everything. No, it's definitely not. And that's actually like, uh, I hadn't thought about it in the relation to jujitsu in that way, but like, mm-hmm. I feel like jujitsu for me has a, a big, it's a combination of both. Uh, what did you call it? Like center muscle, uh, right? The, the muscle belly, or yeah, yeah, yeah. muscle belly. So like uh, uh, the use of that. But then I'm also, as you're saying that, thinking about like times I've escaped from like arm bars or something like that, where it is just like I'm fully extended, 
and I need to just use those little fibers like yeah. the tendons to like hold my arm from hyperextending so I can wiggle out and uh, skate. Yeah, every, everything. I mean, you, you do gi as well, right? Oh yeah. Yep. So I imagine, you know, collar holds and being able to pull someone in and not just pull them in, but being able to go past that and choke someone out. I mean, yeah. I think that's where you're going to see a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, right? definitely. And yeah. And some of the collar, collar chokes and stuff, there's, yeah. There's a there's one that's almost like a reverse grip to be honest, mm -hmm. uh, like the, oh, really? the, like a, a hand over hand situation like this where you're um, using your forearm to uh, cut off the carotid and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, but yeah, hope, hopefully, I mean, I guess one day I'll be able to see if this is all <laughs> benefiting. Yeah, it's it's certainly giving me a psychological edge because uh, everybody just sees what I'm up to on. Uh, social media and just like <laughs> stay away from my legs man <laughs> yeah you get someone in an ankle lock it's kind of done now yeah so you've been on a uh, on a war path um how are you how are you keeping your hands healthy and and, and your ligaments healthy are you oh, dealing man. with any injuries or you just so the first two months i had severe pain in my front my my first knuckle and through my thumb and up my forearm and I could not figure it out. I was massaging my hands and icing my hands. And it wasn't until, I can't remember where I saw it, but they basically, and I should have known this right off the bat, there are other components to your muscular structure that can contribute to pain, right? So what was happening was the top of my forearm was extremely tight and pulling everything out and basically pulling the tendons of my finger back. So I spent, an hour massaging my forearm out, pain was gone. Wow. I wish I had known about this two months ago because I struggled. I had sleepless nights. My hands were hurting so bad. Really? Um, I mean, as far as, and that's not all steel bending either. I got into card ripping and yeah. a bunch of other stuff, which contributed to that. But yeah, that was a huge breakthrough in recovery and just being able to massage out the, the forearms and realize that they were causing a lot of problems in my hands. Um, yep. really helped do you do any like extensor work like the opposite motion yeah um, yeah so I'll just use rubber bands and I I usually only do that if I'm feeling pain in my elbow because I find mm. it really helps with tennis elbow <clears throat> which oh, I, I haven't I don't have a huge case of it but it, it flares up once in a while and I'll use yeah. those a little bit of extensor work and some ice and it goes away oh wow yeah you know the worst case of tennis elbow I ever got was when I was like uh I just started jujitsu, so I was about like 20 or something like that. And I just arm wrestled somebody at a party, just like cold, you know, like yeah. and whatever that did to my arm, I, I, all the guys that come on that are, that are into arm wrestling, I, tell, I told this, told them this story, but it's like, I don't think I've arm wrestled someone since, man. And I don't know if I ever will again, because my right arm was pretty much unusable. Like, and here I really? am brand new to jujitsu, like. It was in so much pain for like three months. I, I was like, it was as if I only had one arm. It was, it was so brutal. <laughs> and I've been oh, scared man. to arm wrestle ever since. Uh, I just can't. I, I'm really interested in arm wrestling. I just, oh man, I watched too many of those fail videos of people breaking uh, their arms and stuff. And I just, yeah. oh God. Uh, Any fail video is, is always like, uh, growing up skateboarding and still still skateboarding sometimes now with my son is like the slam section is always especially now because i feel like yeah. i'm just like on borrowed time uh that it freaks me out so bad so if oh, there's man, any like nailed 
oh, nail God. Video, <laughs> fail videos. No one I don't want to see them because it's so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And it, I used to skateboard as a kid too, and I luckily got away without injuries, just a few scrapes here and there. But yeah, yeah. there's some broken ankles that I just. Oh. <laughs> So let's talk about some of the, uh, I guess, uh, last night or the night before you cut down the Harito 8.8 to yeah. 6.5, right? Yeah. That's a yeah, huge that, one. Man, um, that, uh, those bolts, man. So I, <laughs> let's talk about yesterday. So yesterday I came out to the garage and I was like, you know what? Cody brace bent those two reds. Like, <laughs> like it was nothing. Like he was putting in some effort, but I think I could do it. I came out here and swore and farted and tried to, you know, <laughs> tried to crank those stupid things together. And I'm like, oh, I got so frustrated. I'm like, this isn't happening. So I went over to the David Horn page and I started looking at all the certs. I'm like, what can I do? What can I do? There's one laying down. Okay, I'll do that. I don't care how long it takes. So I did that. And then um, I was actually feeling kind of, kind of good because I had taken like a week off from overhand bending hmm. and uh just bending horseshoes barehanded uh you're right. Office, right? <laughs> <laughs> right yeah I, the biggest problem i have with overhand bending is my shoulders it's not necessarily my hands it's my shoulder that needs time to recover yeah but yeah i was feeling good and i knew i wanted to to do the harito 6.5 or 8.8 .8 cut to six and a half so i cut one and uh Actually, yesterday was the first time I've tried the, the one-hand crush where you wrap one hand and then go in for the crush. That sucks, but it really worked and it pushed me past the sticking point I had with it before. Yeah. Because um, I think I got it to like two and a half inches or something, and I was just super frustrated. But after bending one of the Harito bolts, going back to cold rolled steel was like nothing. It was like butter. Because yeah. the, it, once you get the kink, it, it doesn't give you the fight that the bolt does, right? Yeah. So I was able to get the, the Duke in just single leathers yesterday, and it was it felt That's really awesome. good. What's the dimensions on that one? The, the Fat Bastard stuff, I'm so, like, bad with what. Oh, what's... man, it's, uh, they have so many certs. So it's uh, 11 30 seconds of an inch okay. by 7 inches. Okay. Gotcha. So it's thicker, but not the 3 eighths. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And those were both after you did the, uh, the red snap on your back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, so you were probably pretty good and warmed up. Is that, oh, yeah. is that your typical process? Like, th so this is something I'm interested in and, and I'm still sort of like exploring with myself is, mm -hmm. um, like if the times I've gone and snapped, like one night I snapped like 12 nails and then I went to, to start double overhanding stuff. I was so warmed up and sweaty and pretty fatigued actually, but I felt so loose and good. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like my double overhand was really strong at that time because I, I was so warmed up, but I've yeah. heard all different things from people about like what level of like warm up there they do where they feel the strongest. <laughs> so I was just curious I, if, that, if that night was different than others or not. Yeah. You know, it could have been, and I'm a huge believer in like circulation. So if you, if you're doing a leg day, you had better get the blood flowing in your legs before you try anything heavy. Mm -hmm. um, not only does it add volume to your muscle, it adds endurance. You're adding oxygen to that area. It just, it, it makes sense to me. So yeah. if I go to warm up um, for like a bend, I, I often do isometrics. So like right now I'm using the 10.9 for isometrics mm -hmm. and I'll get up top and I'll sit into a, into a hold where I'm about 80% effort and then go to hundred percent and come back to 80 until like everything's feeling loose and feeling warmed up, right? You, you have 
muscle has the potential to expand and engorge itself and, and release or um, take in more oxygen. So why not use that? And, mm. it, you know, um, injury for prevention is one thing, but just muscle output is yeah the huge benefit, right? Yeah. So uh, would you say that you're more warmed up that night than other nights or just? Oh, a- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially my midsection. I don't know if you watched that whole video, but like right after my ab cramped up so hard and I was sitting over here laying down like with a 45 pound plate trying to massage, massage my stomach out. It hurt so bad. Yeah. But yeah, it was, now, it was fun. Those lying snaps, man. Um, like one snapping is brutal to begin with. Like I, I yeah. hope it catches on here more in the States. Like uh, <clears throat> it's, it's so interesting to see uh, regionally the difference in people's interests and um sort of what they what they put as like the top tier of like mm-hmm. this weird sport right like the the british guys um like I, I communicate with dan pretty often um and he's just like pretty much only interested in snapping the biggest stuff the fastest really in, in single reps like well, he, i mean that guy's a freak really, to begin with but <laughs> he doesn't really care they don't really care about double overhand over there in in, in europe and stuff like that but then here in the States, I feel like double overhand is king. And like, uh, that's kind of like what is the most respected uh, styles and everybody's kind of like hunting the certs for double overhand. Um, but yeah. I, I think they're both awesome. Honestly, that's I'm working double duty trying to stay competitive in both right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Why not, uh, man? I mean, you have the steel, you might as well. Yeah, yeah. I just think, and I honestly think I felt a huge jump in my in my strength in general when i spent like a good couple weeks doing primarily snapping i just felt like my hands got a lot tougher and i I, that's like that's when i came back and did the iron uh did the red and iron mine pads for the first time i had had it in leathers for quite a while i Mm -hmm. even a six inch one in leathers so maybe it's just my crazy mind but um after doing a lot of snapping for like a few weeks in a row i came back and then that then it started going in the iron mind pad. So I don't know, but um, uh, I forget where I was going with that, but. Uh, oh, but it's yeah. such a, it's such a good workout though. Like yeah. Just, just snap. I mean, I, my first attempt at snapping, I think I was snapping a horseshoe, which is ridi- like ridiculous. Yeah. It took me 43 minutes to get done. You know, I couldn't oh, have just man. started with a 60 penny or something stupid. Right? I know. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that was uh, the first. I don't know if we were uh, uh, friends on Instagram at that point, but the the first time I really butchered myself in this was trying to snap a uh, uh, polo uh, Saint Croix. Oh. So it's a, a good couple steps up from the uh, ultralight, and um, I spent an hour uh, doing that, skinned both of my hips, and just <laughs> ripped my hands apart. I walked upstairs, and my wife was like what is going on with you? <laughs> you do to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then I uh, took about three weeks off from it. And then I, I got my revenge on it one night and uh, snapped it. Um, oh, nice. But, yeah. The, that, the, the same brutal. the same horseshoe. Yeah. 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 And that's got tough because that gets work hard into a position, right? I know Pe- people told me not to try it just to start a fresh one, but I, I had a grudge against that. <laughs> you had one. a grudge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, so funny, you know, getting into a battle with a good piece of steel. <laughs> I yeah. tried the um, the headless Goliath, and yeah. it was. <laughs> uh, I want to blame it on the strength of the steel because I honestly have no idea what it is. But 
Yeah. I, I bruised my groin was so bruised. My wife was actually concerned. She's like, should we go to the hospital? That is so purple. Like, are you bleeding internally? Yeah. Oh, it'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. The, the inside of my leg and the back of my groin. It just, and I followed yeah. that thing for an hour and a half before I had to give up. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those Ugh. long bars, the, the pressure it puts on your leg, like it's just so, I mean, it's like, I don't know how you activate all your strength dealing with that much pain. Like the, it's wicked. Yeah. It comes to a point where it is just pain tolerance. Yeah. Like you're strong enough. It is just now whether you can stand the pain. (laughs) Yeah. And and in my research, I've seen a lot of different ways of people wrapping towels and stuff around them. Mm -hmm. So I guess you just got to figure out which is the best way to do it. Yeah. And I can't, I can't look past being an amateur because I still have no idea what I'm doing. I bet it's life, but to go to a headless is, is just, yeah, I can get it to a point. So I might try again, maybe in a month or so. So we'll see what yeah. happens. Nice. <clears throat> um, so what else? We're like, uh, we got the burrito. Mm-hmm. You did the, did the barehanded horseshoes for Bud. That was really cool. Yeah, that's that was a really list. neat event, eh? Like that's that was yeah. pretty cool. Oh man, I went to look at the video today and it said it was blocked for copyright. So I hope they figure that out because I know he wanted to have it for archive. I right? heard that. I think they're working on it. I did hear that. So I think they're working on getting that back up. I don't, I don't know what the problem would have been, but that's a shame. There must have been some music or something somewhere that somebody yeah. used, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um. Take me through some of the other ones that you've been up to recently. You got the, what else? Uh, you did a A2 and a single wrap? A2, a uh, single wrap. Yeah, that was, oh man. That, <laughs> so there, what I'm finding now is the big hill to overcome is that point in your hand that is your pressure point, your comfortable spot, if you want to call it that, and just building up the scar tissue in that area because holy shit (laughs) it takes so much pressure to to bend some of those and um bending the uh the yellow nail it was actually a fat bastard quarter stock but it was same equivalent as a yellow nail bending that barehanded kind of taught me where i need to to start working on because holy crap that hurt how did you uh i think i watched it but i can't think of it right now did you start that double underhand yeah yeah Yeah. so basically where it felt comfortable in the webbing and then across mm-hmm. the, the base of the fingers, right? Just anywhere the point wasn't going to dig into my hand. <laughs> it's the only way that I've ever seen it. I guess I've seen some reverse barehanded, but it, double underhand, it feels like the only safe way. Yeah, th- there's no chance you're gonna do it double overhand. You'll punch yeah. it right through your right through your hand, especially with a like an iron mine red that's so sharp and cut on the end. Yeah. Right. Have you seen um, the guy Bat Tibiloff uh, from Russia barehand the red? <laughs> Oh, man, that guy is not so there's there's bending and then there's Russian bending because you can't yeah. even I can't even measure that like how do you uh, that would be cool to do someday but at what cost right yeah holy yeah. crap I don't know it's it's completely <laughs> unreal just a different breed absolutely and you know we're me and my wife are kind of working on uh, a certification ladder here but we really don't know which direction to go with. And I said, well, there's, there's not a lot of barehanded certifications. So I started playing around with that. And that's why I bent that quarter stock mm-hmm. just to see if I could do it. I'm like, ah, I really don't know. So we're kind of playing around with that area. Cool. Yeah. But, I think that, 
I, I've thought about doing a, a single bar for the show. I, mm-hmm. I still might do it, like call it the Beyond Bar or something like yep. that. Um, I think that's a really interesting market. I, I think the, I don't think, I think this whole thing is growing. I think certs are really cool. There's not that many of them. I mean, people are ordering stuff internationally to get on yeah. rosters. You know what I mean? And that's, like, we talked about it. Um, and I was wondering, I'm like, well, I don't want to do bolts because I don't want to jump on Yan's uh, area. But yeah. my wife was pointing out, like, there's nobody in North America doing that. Yeah. They're all ordering internationally, you know? So it'd yeah. be nice to, they're still going to order his stuff, Harito's oh, stuff, because yeah, sure. they want to be on that board, right? So yeah. they'll probably order the stuff from here. It's such yeah. a small market that it, it, I don't think it would hurt it. Oh, not, I don't think at all. I, I think, yeah really it's like it's not a case it it's not a case where you just get one get on one roster and you're like okay that's good enough right it's exactly the opposite it's like okay i'm on that one like well i should be on this one and then like let me check out this one and you know it becomes part of the game for sure you know yeah and i was thinking about that today with the red nail and i know you you're looking to cert and everybody looks to cert on the red nail right and it'd be nice to go to, to competitions next year, like in the Highland Games, and have them say, oh, yeah, this is Josh Goldthorpe. You know, he's certified on the Ironmind Red Nail. But then I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, yeah, but I also did this, right? Like, I did harder stuff. Like, the Red Nail yeah. is, not, is not the end-all, be-all, you know? Yeah. But that's what people know because it's been out there for so long. Yeah. I was explaining the whole thing to my wife, you know, like, and, like um yeah, and that that's really what it is. It's it's Iron Mind is people's uh, gateway to this a lot. You know, it's like yep. the name that's been out there for so long. It's just like has some like prestige to it, I guess. You know, and, and in my mind, it's sort of just like a barrier to entry. You know, like if you want to yeah. be considered like a, a like a I don't know in the game of bending. So, yeah. To, so to like, me, it's like almost like a verification. Yeah, it's a verification for the public. Yeah, because right? they know. Yeah, it. yeah. and yeah, it, it's so funny. But like the the guy that owns my gym, he knows of Iron Mind. He's a bodybuilder. He's kind of had yeah. um, interest in strength athletics and everything else, but he only knows the Iron Mind Red Nail. Like that's the the thing. Oh, really? So <laughs> right, and he knows nothing about steel bending. Wow, right? most people I've known that know of Iron Mind know it from the grippers more than yeah. the more than the, any nails or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Did you get into those at all with your card tearing and everything else? Yeah. So I, um, when I first moved to British Columbia, this was eight, nine years ago, I went to a competition in Kamloops and a buddy of mine, um, Lance Barouche, who is an absolute Sasquatch of a human being has unreal strength. He, um, this was after a competition. He handed me, I think it was a number two gripper. He's like, Hey, try this. And I'm like, and I went to squeeze it and it barely moved. <laughs> He's like, I thought you were strong. And he chuckled off, right? I'm like, what the? So I ordered from, I think it was from number two up to number four, which I'll never close. But it's nice <laughs> to have and squeeze once in a while. Yeah. But it took, honestly, like a good couple of months squeezing that number two to actually close it. What's and the then, rating on a two? Is that like 200 or something? 180? Okay. Yeah, I don't. Somebody was telling me that the the poundages for Iron Mind are pretty screwed up. So yeah, I don't know. I think it just in general grippers are pretty notorious to be like completely all over the place. Yeah, it could be anything. I don't. I don't know. But yeah, number two is just <laughs> it. It was an eye opener. And then from then, um, 
I always had one in my work bag, always yeah. had one in my truck. So I was always doing it. And uh, yeah, that's basically how I got strong with grippers. Gotcha. Yeah, there's a, there's a big jump. Talk about just like it jumps and, and difficulty is like most people are aware of like a plastic one, like some time in yeah. your life, like you've closed a plastic gripper. And then like if you get to these steel ones, they're a whole different ballgame, you know? Yeah, but there's, <laughs> there's such a big difference between like the Walmart brand and the actual brand you go yeah. out and buy, right? <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. All right. What about uh, we're closing in on the end of the year? What what are we uh, what are we looking at for next year for you? Uh, we're headless Goliath probably on the list. That'd be nice. Yeah, It'd be nice what to uh, get that done. Uh, Gold bends do we have? I'd like oh, man that Harito ten point nine would be so nice and yeah. it's not necessarily just i know he has prize money on it but that's not why i want to do it, it sure i have bent it <laughs> i've put a curve in it but nice. i have not been able to kill that so that's what frustrates me the most if i had gone for it and not moved it i've been like all right i got some work to do yeah. but actually putting a wound in something you're like okay now i want to get after it yeah so that's that's the big one for me nice yeah. and, what about yourself any Oh, well, I, that's as far as overhand bending. Actually, we talked about um, the Italian guys, the Grip Italia, Grip and Bend Italia or whatever it's called. Um, I just talked to him and he's sending me 12 bars or something and a couple of sets of wraps. So looking forward to bending those. Cool. I haven't heard too much about them. I've heard they're pretty tough, but. Yeah. Are there any Canadians on that list yet? (sighs) No. Unless cool. Jaden has thrown no, his name in there. I don't know. I don't believe he has. That's yeah. cool. So you'd be yeah, the I know, um, I know uh, old Squeeze is there. He's on the list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Don. Don's also Don, on. Yeah. Um, not, not too many American guys. I, I think those might be the only two for now. Um, so that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's just, it's just an international thing. I think once guys get into it, there'll be more North American names on there. Yeah, for sure. Once people start realizing, like, getting their friends into it and splitting the yeah. shipping costs. <laughs> oh, man. That's more than the product itself. It's crazy. Yeah. How about uh, other styles of brace, uh, other styles of bending? You, you're looking at any other uh, horseshoe goals or brace bending goals, snapping Nothing goals? crazy. I would like to um, heart a uh, ultralight barehanded. Yeah. Um, that's just something I haven't gone to attempt like i haven't really gone after it so we'll see i wanted to build the, the scar tissue and the hands up a little bit more before i went for that one you'll get it i'm sure uh, <clears throat> but yeah i it's interesting i love having like david horn's page and a few other certifications to look at because i didn't even know these existed and i look at yeah. david's and like what's a goliath bar well let's go to youtube and find out what yeah. a goliath bar is yeah right? yeah so there's so many on there too it's like uh, the tri- trick is with some of those, especially the the like world records by body weight and stuff like that. Yeah. I think you got to order the steel st- from him on, on oh, those. Yeah. Ones. yeah I, Cause like there's the grip feet page, which we've all been getting on uh, as of recently, but um, for the actual world records page where it bre- breaks it down by body weight and stuff. Oh, wow. uh, I didn't even know that. Yep. So uh, if you just go to like the, the main page there, there'll be like uh grip feet and then world records and then like the store and then all this other stuff mm. on the on the main on the main page so then if you go into the world record page there's a whole bunch of other stuff in there but i just think it has to 
I think it has to be World of Grip rated steel for that stuff. Yeah. But it's still uh, a lot of really cool stuff on there. Um, some uh, there's definitely some like short steel on there, some six inch stuff, um, some like sequence uh, sequence bends where you bend like three pieces uh, really fast. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've seen Don. I think he currently holds like the mid bar speed bending record. It, I think they're like maybe. 12 or 14 inch bars uh oh wow okay kinked over his knee and then crushed leg crush um that one keeps changing a, a, a british guy named nick mckinless uh took it from don and then don took it back recently so <laughs> there's a lot of uh a lot of competition going on in that one which is pretty cool and there's some other really interesting ones on there as well that's awesome but how cool is that that you can be part of this community in your garage or in your basement or in you know wherever you're bending that's really what i found interesting about this whole thing was you know after my season was canceled i took this whole travel and everything and brought it right down into my garage and that's where all yeah. the competitions happened and that's where all you know i was able to be part of a community and i met new people and without leaving my house yeah I, it, it's unreal it's super cool and very strange like it's, yeah, right. it's <laughs> I've never had like friends uh, like internationally that I've never met before, you know, but it's like yeah. I, I'm communicating with you guys more than I am like my, my regular friends these days because we're all so like hyped up about this thing, you know, it's, it's yeah. funny. But it's, it's so easy to communicate with someone that has common interests, right? Yeah. And that's what frustrates me even about my sport is that I, all my friends are international. So yeah. if I'm not calling them, if I'm not doing this, I feel like, I'm going to lift. Oh, that's why I get super excited to go to a competition because you get to see all your friends and you can talk about throwing yeah. and not have anyone roll their eyes at you. And you know? yeah, so so bending is is the exact same. Being able to talk to somebody about that stuff because yeah, like I'll hang out with with um, friends of the family and my wife's friends and super nice people. We get along great, but there's yeah. just that commonality that we're missing out on, right? Yeah. The, the insanity. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I've thought about this uh, a lot, and it's like. For me, um, and, and maybe for other people too, it's like, I, I don't necessarily have to have the common interest, but I have to right. have that, that common intensity or insanity. Yep. Say. Like, if I sense that this person goes deep with something, like I don't care about comics, right? Like not at all. But I once had a really cool conversation with this guy about comics because he went hard and deep with it. And like, then it turned out we had like all this common interest in music and stuff like that. And it's yep. just like, way I break it down is like, I can never relate to someone that's like, nah, I just listen to whatever's on the radio. Like, cause music is like a big thing for me too. Like yeah. I would have started a music podcast if there wasn't like six <laughs> million of them um, yes. or a jujitsu one. Right. But like ever since I was a kid, like anything I got into, I needed to immerse myself with it like fully. Like I wanted to know everything there was to know about it and I wanted yep. to do it myself. That's what bugs me out about sports fans. And I don't know if it's like this up in Canada, but there's a lot of freaking armchair quarterbacks here down in the States oh, God. that sit there and scream at the television about sports. They don't even care to participate in. And it's like, exactly. bugs me out. I can't stand watching something and not being able to do it. Right. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> Back when I was 19, I had a huge medical issue that kind of took me out of contact sports and everything. And it was pretty scary. It was, it was a, a near-death experience. And wow. I basically said from there, I always want to be learning something. Yeah. So for the next 
eight years or so, it was another instrument every year. I would pick something up. So now I play all these instruments. And then I kind of ran out of instruments that I wanted to play. So now I'm like, well, what the hell do I do? So I took up Rubik's Cube. So now I can, I can cube, you know what I mean? I'm speed cubing. And then yeah. after that, I took up juggling for like, yeah, I, yeah. I was juggling for a while. I, I just cannot stand watching something and knowing that all I have to do is put in the effort to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure you're the same way. Dude, I ordered a lock picking kit two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Cause I've looked into that too. <laughs> it's you just, if people could, this is this, the thing with bending is like, I, I'm seeing someone do it. So yeah. why can't I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, maybe that's like a foolish attitude, but it's pretty fun. But it's like, not. And you found out that pretty quick when you started uh, bending stuff, right? Like yeah. at first it seemed hard and then you learned how to do it. Yeah. You know, it just, yeah. And I think there, I, I talked to JT about this last week. There's, there's some level of like humility with that too, though, because it's like we as like these crazy people are allowing ourselves to be bad at something, you know, yeah. to start something as a white belt. Like people are really scared to do that. Like, you know, like they're really scared to be bad at something. But like, that's where you get the most reward because you really yeah. pick up speed, right? And you start getting all these achievements and you feel good and you meet new people. Yeah. And that's, oh, yeah. I resent the white belts because of the rate of, of skill development. Like when you, yeah, right. when you go from knowing nothing to having access to so much, you develop so quickly, you know, yeah. like, and that's kind of like why, why I'm trying to like do these bending tip videos and stuff like that, because bending was an interesting one because it's like you were really on your own trying to figure this stuff out watching videos like you said there's not a lot of info i mean Jaden yeah. had to send me a video privately of tommy jennings rapping you know like trying oh, to find really? a rapping video you know like before delmar put put one out for me like there's nobody it, breaking down rapping proper on, online like it's, no it's, it's really and interesting it seemed it seemed to be very hush hush for some reason because a lot of it was controlled by performing strongmen yeah and not to not to shit on performing strongmen or anything but no. you, ha- you really have to be careful with it because not only are they they selling techniques on how to do things but they're also selling themselves because a lot of these people do yeah. coaching right so 100%. i found that out pretty quick trying to ask like chris Ryder advice Mm -hmm. he would give me advice to a point yeah you know and he kind of treated it like there was this hidden secret that i just had to commit to and pay for it and and everything yeah it's not you know so i kind of got away from that i did some of the performing strongman stuff for a little while and then i'm like no if i'm going to take up steel bending i really need to get to talk to the people that are actually in it yeah and not just showing it on stage right yeah yeah there's some of those guys are super strong crazy yeah. good vendors like pat povolitis is a monster i don't know if you yeah. watched his stuff but monster bender um really cool stuff and as much as iron mind is a gateway like those performing strong men are gateways into this for people you know like and uh yeah. but there's there's definitely a self-interest there to keep some mystique uh you know like they're I don't, I don't think they, you know, we kind of throw around the term sport with this yeah. and that's very much the way I, I think of this, you know, I don't, yeah. um, I like, so there's no real secrets like that I'm trying to keep from anybody or develop, like, there's no, I don't have any interest in like, there's no benefit to that for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but I, I do understand why <laughs> those guys 
need to have an edge because it's what they do, you know? Like, and talking to Dave Whitley, I mean, he, he was really nice off the bat. Uh, if I had questions, he usually answered to the point where I was going to be safe, but I still had to figure it out on my own. Yeah. And um, yeah, he was really good. And Tim Fox, I think what separates Tim Fox, have you heard about him before? Yeah. I'm yeah, aware strong of man storytelling. I, yeah. I started following him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, so he has a normal day job. So performing strongman is just something that he enjoys and he is able to give a message that he wants to give out. And yeah, I know he gets a little bit more religious with what he's doing, but um, he's more approachable. Yeah. So he's actually answered quite a few questions I've had um, in getting into steel bending and stuff like that. Yeah. The, the um, religious aspect to mm. uh, many of the performing strongmen is something I find very interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's just I, I've <laughs> like uh, I've I've noticed some parallels, and actually the the fact that you said you had a a, a catastrophic uh, event young in your mm -hmm. uh, life, that's something I've noticed that um, many many of the uh, strongest people in the world have had some debilitating thing happen young, early on in their life. Um, yeah. If you do any research on the Mighty Adam, he was like super super ill when he was a kid uh i believe dennis rogers had something go on oh, really? uh, yep uh do you know who uh marvin eater is the yep. um so he was really really ill when he was a child i was like doing all this research it was bugging me out all these dudes had crazy debilitating stuff wow. happen to them when they were kids like medical stuff that's so really funny happened. yeah it's almost like a an overcome kind of yeah, I don't know Mentality, if it just builds right? their or attitude just, or whatever, but I mean it it changed the way I look at everything. So I I can't imagine, you know, yeah, they probably did the same thing for them. Sure. Yeah, it's really crazy. Um yeah. but uh yeah, I don't know. Like the uh the secrets aspect of it, uh Adam kind of touched on that in his podcast. Like when he was on, it's like uh I do understand it, but it's not necessarily like what I'm about with it, you know, like in, in yeah. martial arts, that's, I would never, never hold anything back um, from anyone because I have the attitude that like, if everything's out there, then all we can do is evolve and get better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, whatever the cliche term is like the rising sea breaking all ships <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like, uh, but, I, but I believe in that, you know, like all, all I've seen from these guys, a little bit less from Tim Fox is um, is what they present themselves as on social media. So they're trying, they are trying to sell themselves because that's mm -hmm. how they make their living. Right. And I get yep. that. I can't really fault them for that. Yeah. So yeah, in a sense, I, I, I would like them to take it on and, and be able to see someone who's taking something extremely seriously and be able to point some point them in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Right. Rather than just kind of like, well, I tell you, but if you did this or if I, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you signed up for this, I'd be able to help you. What was uh, some of the other strongman uh, stuff that you were, were you uh, rolling frying pans up and yeah. stuff too? Or? Yeah, so I, I was rolling frying pans and uh, card ripping. I, I mean, I still do it all the time. I just um, started, uh, I just ripped a deck the other night. I had it in like three months, but uh, yeah, I, I just like broke. I felt like it was just too much on my hands between bending and, and, and tearing. So it's a lot. Um, and especially tearing because you're now building callus on the inside of your hands. Now, yeah. Right? Yeah. I want yeah, to get one. Um, um, 
I don't know if it's Daniel Strauss or Bud Jeffries or maybe both those guys did it, but I want to tear a deck while holding, uh, I don't know how much weight yet, but in like a Zercher squad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bud had yeah. like four or 500 pounds or something. Yeah. Like, good it won't Lord. Be that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> um, but I want, I think that would just be a cool, a cool one to like be supporting some weight like that. And then the Terra deck would be pretty neat. Yeah. Some of the, I like quartering decks and, and I've recently gone into practicing tearing notches out of the deck, yeah. which is really cool. It takes a lot of, a lot of practice and patience and finger strength. Um, that really hard. The, uh, the fun ones, actually the driving a nail through a board was kind of cool. Oh, you did because that Because there, yeah, there is that mental barrier that you have to get over. Like you yeah. almost, I don't want to say almost anyone, but anyone that's been in a gym for a little while has the capability to do it. Yeah. But being able to get past that board and drive your hand through, you know, not stop at the board is, is a whole completely different thing. Wow. Yeah. And what, so are you much using, what are you using for padding on that? A rag or so something? So I was just using like a four by four little strip of leather that I folded over a couple of times and then wow. just had on my the palm, right? Yeah. Wow. But yeah, it's it's really cool to <clears throat> to see something you're kind of scared of and push past that. So that's yeah. that was probably one of my favorite ones to do. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah. I've def- that's definitely one that gets a lot of respect and it's all I ever hear. Like I've watched uh, Dennis Rogers performances yeah. on YouTube and Pat Povolitis and they always, and, and Dave Whitley, they um, always go deep into the psychological aspect yeah. of that one. Like, and I've heard some kind of horrific injuries with that one oh, too. Oh man, just hearing, did you hear about Dennis Rogers injury with that? I don't think so. Maybe I so did. But I'm not sure. In order to, to perform it perfectly, you have to have two really stable, stiff surfaces that the board is sitting on. And when he went on stage, I guess they had chairs that had cushion on it. So Ooh. they put the board on it. And when he slammed his hand into it, it basically absorbed the shock and pushed it right back into his hand. The whole rag, everything right into his hand to where it was pushing out the other side. Oh my <laughs> and before, God. before I had done this, I watched the video of this. I'm like, I can't do this shit. Are you kidding? Oh, yeah. oh man. So did you clamp it down and everything and like make sure? It was, <laughs> I had uh, it stacked it on like 45 pound plates. And then had like stuff sitting on the corner. I made sure that sucker wasn't moving anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And I started, I think it was like a, like an inch board or something. It wasn't anything super thick or anything, but yeah, it was really neat to, and um, for showmanship, they always put a balloon underneath to pop it as it goes through. So I did that and it was pretty, it's made for a pretty cool slow-mo video. (laughs) Nice. Did did that one go on TikTok too? Yeah. Nice. That's cool. It's actually kind of funny. You mentioned TikTok. I've had, three or four serious inquiries of people wanting to get into steel bending just based on some of the videos I've been posting. It's actually kind of neat to see. Yeah. Oh, I bet. I mean, yeah. It's like you come across some like-minded people. They're going to see it and want to try it. Just like we're just talking about, you know? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) How about, uh, did you, did you bend a penny? No, I haven't done that yet. God, man. I think my hands are too big. It's yeah, so... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Working with that little piece of steel, I don't know. We'll yeah, see. I gotta get like have someone break it down better for me because I was I struggled with it for like three weeks and like would put it on the table and like put my finger on it all around. Like, do I even have like a tension <laughs> band in this thing? <laughs> That's a tough one, man. That yeah, I like doing things that are relatable to somebody. Like the deck of cards, everyone has a deck of cards, right? Yeah. The nails, yeah, 
they know they kind of know yeah um the baseball bat was kind of cool snapping a baseball bat oh how'd you do that i um so the first time I did it, I don't know if you saw how I bent the Goliath bar to start it, but I basically did that between the legs and pulled it over. Oh, cool. Okay. And that it went really easy. So I did one behind the back and pulled my hands forward and did it across wow. the back. Yeah. Just like yeah, regular wooden cool. baseball bats? Yeah, just a Louisville slugger. Right? Wow, cool. And <laughs> I, I probably won't do that quite a bit because they're like 40 bucks a bat. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, I've done it. Cool. They're sitting in the corner. Like, remind <laughs> me, I've done it. So. There's some guys in the jujitsu world going around like, I don't know, the, 10 months ago that were like straight ankle locking baseball bats and, and breaking them. And, oh, really? Uh, that's a that's a move that has worked well for me in competition <laughs> and stuff like that. So everybody was like, oh, you got to try this. I'm like, I don't know if I'm trying to straight ankle lock a baseball bat. <laughs> I think you'd be pretty good at it, man. I, I still cannot believe your damn leg crush. It, I just... <laughs> God, man, I was so frustrated. And then I had to laugh at myself when I was done trying to bend those two reds <laughs> taped together. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, Cody's the uh, the crush specialist. Holy <laughs> crap. You know, you know what I think helped develop that? Because if you listen back to Don's episode, whenever that was, I think that was like episode four or something like that. I'm like asking him about braced bending and leg crushing in particular because I couldn't get past doing two yellows uh, taped together. I was just like, this is too hard. I don't like, I don't know how to do it. And um, I just started putting a lot of reps into it. And for, it just, I felt like it was getting stronger and stronger. And then around the beginning of last month, beginning of October, I started doing a lot of double bolt bends. Like okay. I did a grade eight taped to a grade five, a grade five, two grade fives taped together. Uh, three grade twos taped together and i think like the um the the way that bolts just stay hard the whole time like they never give up like you were saying before i think that really (laughs) developed my power in that position so i i would recommend like trying two grade eights and Hmm. uh like just training on that (laughs) yeah i I mean i I can't rule out the fact that i'm still amateur at all this yeah i'm still learning all the time and i have not done a lot of brace bending despite yeah. the Goliath and everything. So yeah, we need to look into and did you do and it's uh, good that no. That's okay. Uh I know you did a six inch wrench, right? Unbraced. Yeah. Um did you do any more wrenches? Because those are show stoppers no. for social No, media. they um so the six inch I, I saw Dave Whitley do it and I always wanted to give it a shot and quickly realized the difference between forged steel and vanadium and extra heavy duty wrenches and yeah. everything else so uh yeah there's uh actually there's two six inches sitting in front of me right here that are made of vanadium that i cranked and cried and farted over and could not move <laughs> <laughs> and then i yeah. switched to the the actual steel bending ones and like holy crap what a world of difference oh, but um again it, it just comes down to a cost thing man it, yeah the ones i order online they were i mean these were eight bucks each to bend, yeah. you know, and I have a few of them I'll keep for, you know, if, if I want to show off to somebody or something, but yeah, it, it won't be a regular thing. That's for sure. Yeah. I was saying that you, uh, you should uh, work up to doing a 10 inch wrench, double overhand. Like oh, Jake you were did. saying Justin. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying he did I think that. Good the only one, I believe he, as far as on YouTube, I'm sure the other guys maybe have done it, but he's the only one I've seen do it on YouTube. I could see someone doing brace, but I don't know about, you know, unbraced band. That's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, 
I have a 12 inch over here that's wobbled. That's uh, one of my next braced. Um, oh, really? Uh, on my goal list of uh, stuff to do. I've I've worked. I ha I bought a package of a six, eight, a ten, and a twelve, and uh, the only one left to do is the twelve. Uh, so, <laughs> but that that thing, like the, like the gold nail, is gigantic, and I I don't. It's, I'm having trouble uh, being not not a very tall guy trying to like get that in the position where I can generate any power. So did you start that one over your hip or over your knee? I was over my knee. Like I do over a knee. weird uh, kink. Um, different than anyone i've seen oh wait I, you were telling me about this yeah you're gonna call it the cody kink or something yeah <laughs> uh is uh i step over it and then thread it between my legs so I, i'm more like kneeling onto it than than using right. any shoulders to uh pull onto it so i'm more dropping my body weight onto the bar than uh than pulling it across my my knee and that's so almost like a deep lunge kind of thing like yes you're dropping yep, exactly. your whole body weight on it that's interesting mm -hmm. wow and, and that was because uh, I'm I'm training for the Goliath as, as well. And that was um, I struggled with uh, I got half by one. Uh, uh, I forget what it is. It's a half an inch skinnier than the Goliath. So Goliath is one and a okay. half by half by yeah. what? By 48. Yeah. So four okay. so that so this is one by half uh, by okay. 40. I got a bunch of these bars to train on and uh couldn't move them for forever uh well like three weeks not forever but um and then i switched up this stance one day i was just like damn i feel like i can be more powerful this way and then there it went and i was like holy <laughs> shit and then immediate like so i i did that one closed it like took my picture posted it and then i was like messing with my mind like i was like all right that one's like some weird steel <laughs> there's no way i did that and then like so i went downstairs the next day did three more at all that way and uh and filmed one and put it online and stuff like that but it wasn't a fluke that's the way i can generate power <laughs> like i don't know that's unreal that's so yeah. cool yeah it's, being able to find like a, a signature move kind of thing and it's actually funny when i started um bending the goliath i watched a bunch of videos where guys were starting it on their knee i found mm -hmm. it super awkward i don't know if i have long femurs or what but i could not like i my deadlift is pretty big, like it's close yeah. to 700 pounds, like, but I could not pull wow. across the knee. I, I don't I have no idea why I could have been doing something wrong. But even when I had the bar kinked, so I kinked it over my hip and then I went to the knee and still mm -hmm. it, it really felt awkward. Did you try in a squatting position and like a standing like flamingo type position? No. <laughs> well, I tried okay. the fl flamingo to start and then I after i tried the headless i watched guys starting on their knee like mm -hmm. almost the, yeah with one knee on the ground and that's how i i think uh don did his yeah i'm like oh, okay that's kind of interesting and did then you watch, i think uh, watch mike Rogowski's uh goliath bend he he kinks it on one knee and then he and then he follows up standing like what i'm silly calling flamingo um yeah. but he switches knees and then furthers the kink there then he threads oh, okay. it between his legs and then hooks it um, in his armpit. That seems to, uh, in some of the mid-length stuff I've done that you generate a ton of power if you can get yeah. it in the crook there. And then he starts to come over like that, which seemed like a good sequence. Yeah, that's the the hard part I'm finding is the initial kink is fine and everything, but getting it to a point where I can actually get my forearm around it is mm -hmm. the hard part. Getting it to that point because once I'm there, it's all body weight and driving it to the knee, right? So yeah, yeah. I the Goliath bar is a lot of fun. Yeah. That's 
that's definitely just the name alone i was like oh like once i heard about it i was like i gotta, I gotta monumental right <laughs> yeah all right so we're winding down so we're, yes. i'm gonna hit you with the uh the medley rapid okay. fire series of questions you ready to go yep all right favorite thing to bend uh, other than my wife's will probably <laughs> <laughs> uh cold rolled steel okay hardest thing to bend for you bolts for all sure. right strongest bending style double overhand all right weakest style <laughs> reverse <laughs> me too me i too. am trash at reverse yeah i, I find <laughs> that most people say double underhand actually that that most really? people feel most people i've interviewed so far they're only only a couple have said reverses their weakest it's hmm. uh, i'd be interested to know what what uh if it's just a preference thing or if there's some muscular thing attached to that or what but it's, i think uh, the like my the back of my wrist is actually really strong like i've been doing um like sledgehammer pickups backhanded yep. for quite a while and i think that really helped with double underhand and then once i saw so i posted a video of me bending a 516 like grade two bolt or something and i was really struggling with it but i was able to double underhand and then dave whitley came on and said if you just push that to your belly button, like you'll melt it like nothing. And sure enough, oh. I did the same thing. So that was a huge thing for me. Oh, wow. Just that little technique twitch, right? Yeah, the belly button. So did you see the guy today that, that took the lead in the kink challenge? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, man. Good God. That That's, is insane. He was fully down there, too. That was out of nowhere. I, I mean, I haven't double underhand bent a red yet, but... I can't imagine like my hands, I, you would have to double underhand bend to get past 90 degrees mm -hmm. because to get it over here, my hands are too big. Yeah. Like even when my knuckles touch, like I would have to open my palms or something to get it. And yep. There's no way. And I, and I watched his video and he marked where, where his wraps go like two and a half inches or something. He, he his wow. wraps were well on there. It was crazy. Good God. Yeah, that was that's un, unreal, Ben. I don't. I yeah. honestly don't see anybody beating that one. Uh, I know Del, Delmar was messaging me before. He's he's working on it. So we still got half a month left, and these guys are <laughs> working on it. <laughs> all right. So how about uh, something outside of uh, strength training and bending and all things strength in general that you enjoy? Uh, music probably the biggest one. Played nice. a lot of instruments and just generally learning something new right something weird something different yeah awesome all right what's the one bend that's got away so far that damn harito 10.9 that's the <laughs> the big one all right uh, who's the strongest person you know i i know a lot of strong people <laughs> uh i'll i'll highlight somebody so an old friend of the family, Dr. Reverend Kevin Fast, holds multiple Guinness World Records for like pulling fire trucks. He pulled like a, a military cargo plane, like not just a regular passenger plane, this giant military cargo plane. And he's the nicest guy you've ever met in your life. He's a, he's a reverend. His son is the exact same, super nice. He's just such a great dude. And oh, so cool. like to look at him, he's a thicker dude. He's a bit shorter, but you would not expect him to pull four fire trucks together right like he's just unreal that's cool all right uh what's the best piece of advice you were ever given this could be about bending or strength <laughs> or li life in general 
Uh, if you are new at something, shut your mouth and open your ears. <laughs> uh, I say that to all the new guys at work. I'll say it to people new in our sport because I have seen so many people burn bridges right away saying, I know. Uh, and it's... <sighs> it's the most crippling thing you can do as a new person in anything is yeah. saying, I know, or not taking advice from somebody. I don't care if you've heard the same advice 10 times over, take it in and understand that this must be important. They're saying it 10 times over, you know, just, yeah. yeah. That's the biggest advice I can give. <laughs> All right. I don't always ask this one, but since you're a music guy, uh, what do you <laughs> listen to while bending? Um, it's, it's kind of switched and it, it's really funny watching some videos because some people do it in a peaceful way and other people do it in a super raged way. So, funny. so sometimes yeah. I'll listen to some heavy metal, some death metal or something like that. Other times it's just, I mean, I listen to everything. It could be country music. It could be almost anything. It depends on what mood I'm in, right? Yeah. And one thing I found with athletics early on, watching guys get super psyched up to try and lift something or try and throw something and then completely biff it or throw it in the trash or fail a lift because they're so intense that yeah. they, they completely lose technique. They lose focus. So I've actually learned, like if you watch some of my bending videos, I could be listening to heavy metal, but what I'm doing is creating an atmosphere, right? Yeah. I'm not ramped up. I'm not doing anything else. What I'm doing is just creating an atmosphere, getting to that certain calm and then being able to apply what I know. Yeah. Right? You can't get past that point because I've seen so many people fail with that. It's, it's really funny. Yeah. Um, and on the Bud Jeffries uh, episode, we went kind of deep into that. And he kind of changed my whole like thinking about that because it's like, so for instance, for which jujitsu, right? That's like, that was my love. Like steel bending mm -hmm. is up there now, but like I, I did that every day for like two hours a day, probably, you know, like, and, yeah. and, I was like, I couldn't be happy. There were so many times I'd be on the mat and I'd finish a hard roll and just be like, this is like as happy as I can get right now. Like, this is so awesome. Like, and, yeah. and I've been doing it a long time, you know, like, it's just like, I love it so much. And um, for whatever reason, when I got into the strength stuff, like, so it was like, it was a whole point of like, very happy. It was like a happy place, you know? And yeah. then when I started getting into the strength stuff, I felt like, to be strong and to generate power. Like I had to be pissed, you know, like for some yeah. reason, it's like to feel like I had to bring that kind of stuff out of me. I felt like I had to be like angry and rile yeah. myself up and listen to like super heavy stuff and um, really kind of like be dark with it, you know? So, and then like Bud kind of was like, nah, man, like you don't have to do it mm -hmm. like that. It can be just like jujitsu. Like you, you love steel bending. So like when you bend, just think of that, you know, and I've kind of been yeah. thinking about that too. And I think it's probably like a much healthier way to be in general, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I got, man, I went through, through so many failed attempts in the Highland games, trying to psych myself up and be pissed off and raged and have the adrenaline flowing. And I got to a point where you can't do that. And it's almost like looking at a storm and you see the eye of the storm and how calm it is in there. You have to, create like there's something going on you're either shooting for a pr or you're shooting for a big piece of steel but you can't push past the point where you you believe you can't do it if i don't get pissed off enough i'm not going to be able to do this you it's really hard to describe but um the past five years or so i got into meditation and and um really focusing on um 
muscle fiber and nerve endings. And, and when I go for a PR now in the Highland games, you'll watch me. And, um, and I kind of, like I said, it's, it's the eye of the storm. You're, I'm, I get a rhythm in my head and I'm kind of rocking back and forth on my feet. And then I just go for the attempt. I'm not trying to piss myself off because, yeah. it, and that comes from strongman mentality. And that could be why I didn't get into the sport. Like I'll do events here and there, but I can't, I can't do that. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. What's that? Just like get, getting just so riled up. Getting so riled up that you lose focus, you lose technique and you just, I, yeah, I, it's not for me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, it's really interesting, you know, like, it's like, I think, uh, I don't know, we just, in general, like, you just sort of equate, like, crazy angriness with, like, maybe it's just like seeing the Hulk or something, I don't know, like, but it's yeah. like, it doesn't, it doesn't really need to be that way. And I, I, I it's like, I feel like in general, um, even though like the those moments, I don't, it's probably is the same for you. But I find that the more stuff I accomplish, uh, with bending and jujitsu was the same way and skateboarding, same thing. Like the glory is fleeting, you know, it's yeah. like maybe you're, you're probably and JT said it perfectly. Like the term chasing the dragon, you know, like, yeah. you, like you're probably never going to feel as good as you did. Like the first time a red nail moved for you, you yeah. know, or, or whatever. And it's like, it's kind of like, sad in a sense but it's also like keep, keeps it real like you you don't like i don't the guy that's like just patting himself on the back like he's probably not going to stick around like it's uh, yeah like, but that's uh, why having like these conversations and having the podcast and being able to talk about these things that's where you kind of satisfy that chasing the dragon right because you all have yeah. this common either common yeah. goal or just being able to shoot the shit about what you're talking about right yeah it was <laughs> funny like first i remember like first win I had in competition that I was like on cloud nine for like probably six months or something. Yeah. It felt like, you know, like, <laughs> and then the next one I did, it was like maybe only a month and then the next one. And then it, it, it literally got down to like, all right, I treated myself to like a nice meal. And then by the next morning I was like over it, you know, like, and it was yeah. just, just like when that first red nail moved in the iron mind pads, like as that thing was closing, I was like, I got to learn how to do these in single pads. Like it was just like, yep. no, no, no resting on it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the, that glory, man. It, and that's why, and I really want to stress this um, when you talk about, so this is, I was in a fringe sport. This is like fringe, fringe, <laughs> even smaller community. Right. So yeah. when you have this small group of people, you can't shit on those people or you can't, burn bridges with those people because those are the only people that are going to be your fans you can be the best bender in the world and walk into walmart and nobody know know who you are yeah right yeah. you have to and you don't have to be nice to everybody but don't don't isolate yourself i've seen it happen with our sport guys come into the sport they throw really well treat everybody like shit and then they don't get invited to a competition right yeah you just yeah. they they quickly fizzle out and you have to in a sport like this that's extremely small and kind of growing right now you have to be able to help people out and you know, whether you like them or not, encourage them to yeah. encourage others to get involved. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> too small for anything. Yeah. Like, and you're, you're totally right. Like um, it, it's, I'm too deep into it. I think we, we all are like that. I'd be talking to on the podcast is like, we're kind of only looking for each other's like, props you know at this yep. point because like the stuff we're doing looks exactly like the stuff we were doing when 
the first time we did it and our like grandma were like oh god that's why i'm so glad you that care oh you added me to the steel show oh god i just i love posting it because again yeah the the steel benders like it or they'll critique a technique or something but other people it's so funny to hear from the highlands games guys are like well are you still throwing because this is kind of dumb (laughs) (laughs) like of course i am but this is oh man it just it's it as you found it's hard to describe it to anybody yeah yep it's it's so weird and it's talking about frying pans like so i saw a frying pan wanted to try it got one like at family dollar or whatever like it's like a dollar frying nonstick frying pan rolled this thing up on on camera put like a funny john prine song in the background called frying pan and and threw it up on facebook right that thing out of everything i've done probably the easiest thing i've done and that still has had like the biggest reaction people were like bugging out like (laughs) oh man And that's so the public has no uh, clue about what's hard and what's not at all. <laughs> that, well, yeah, and that's what I said. I like doing things that are relatable that the public yeah. can actually be like, oh, yeah, like I've got a deck of cards. I've tried to rip it and, you know, it's all good. Yeah. And that's why <clears throat> when you dive into this sport, you get like a guy like Derek who is crushing steel and making it look easy. Yeah. And you think, well, I can just go out into the garage and do that. And nope, it ain't happening. It's the same thing with our sport. Uh, the, at the professional level, we make everything look so easy. And the best yeah. thing that we can do is take a few sets of implements and bring them to the crowd and let them pick them up. And like, holy shit, oh, that's cool. actually 56 pounds they're throwing, right? Yeah. Someone that's, that's doing it professionally or doing it at a, an elite level makes everything look easy. And it's definitely not. <laughs> yep, for sure. All right. And last question. What's the funniest reaction a person has had when they find out you spend your time bending things? <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, it, it's usually from Highland Games athletes and some strongman <laughs> athletes. They're like, well, well, what did that cost you to bend? Or like, what's, <laughs> what's your total up to now? <laughs> Just shut up. Just let me bend stuff. Let me, you know, I'm not breaking the bank. I'm not spending the kids' college money on yeah. on nails or anything. You know, right. I don't <laughs> I don't scoff at your your beer can painting business or something. You know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And there's no trophy for like a a deadlift PR unless you're videotaping it, no. and then you can't you can't like put that on a board, you know, and like look and be like, oh, that's my first red nail or whatever. Yeah, exactly. There's no trophy. Come on. All right. So in closing, uh, who's someone you'd like to see me have on the show? You've had a lot of good people that have been really good. I, uh, Tim Fox would be good. It'd be interesting okay. to hear. Cool. He's a pretty strong individual. And he, um, like I said, he does the strongman stuff, but it's not yeah. his full-time job. So he's more encouraged to bring people in and teach people cool. about stuff. So, and right. I don't know how much short steel bending he's done. So we'll see. I, I think on his Facebook, he definitely had some like mid and long bar stuff. Or yeah. I mean, yeah. Instagram. So yeah. Yeah. I think like going forward too, they'll probably be, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know how many episodes I'll get before I start branching out to like the grip world and stuff but I'm, yeah. I'm definitely gonna like just keep it rolling and like eventually probably just move out to like the fringe of steel bending and and still keep it like in in line with that is like i know um 
the uh, strongman archaeology guy, James yeah. Fuller. Uh, I'm, I've been talking to him. I'm going to have him on. I think he's done a little bit of bending, but I'm going to just like, once I start running out of like benders that are interested in coming on, I'll probably have stuff that I assume that steel bending guys are interested in <laughs> yeah. and just keep it rolling. Um, yeah, it's, it'd be hard because a lot of the guys that you kind of want to get on don't speak English. So it's kind of, yeah, right? That, that is the trouble. And like, it's uh, truthfully, like any type of like language barrier, it just, it's harder to get like a flow going. It's just yeah. the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. So how about tips and advice for beginner benders that are more beginners than you? You're right. I'm still a beginner. <laughs> what do I say to myself? <laughs> go to Walmart and buy about four bags of elastics because you're going to go through a lot of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I don't want to say too much because <laughs> I'm yeah. still learning, learning a lot, man. But, yeah. Recovery awesome. is huge. Get on it. Yeah. All right. And where can people find you for social media type stuff? Uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, TikTok as well. Still under the, the Chuck and Canuck okay. name. So, yeah. Cool. And how about any events, brands, or gear you want to give a shout out to? Um, uh, actually, a, a product I use a lot is uh, it's called P3. And it's a topical ointment that is um, like alcohol free. It doesn't have a lot of chemicals in it. And I use it all the time and you can use it all the time. It's actually great for benders. And I think I'm going to try and push it a little bit more on some of the bending guys just for nice. recovery. And that's yeah, just so you can find them at, uh, I think it's P3 products limited. They're, they're on Instagram as well. And is that for muscle stuff or is that like for like yeah. tears in your hands? All muscle recovery. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. More massage muscle. Yeah. That stuff. Nice. All right, man. Well, that's it. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, yeah. thank I'll you very much for you. having me. This is such a, a great thing that you're doing. Oh, thanks, man. Um, I'll definitely have you back on in the future. And, uh, you know, I might do like a, a couple guests or something like that down the road, like have a few guys I've had on at once and like just sit down and bullshit or whatever. An argument but, panel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we'll also get the uh, head to head with uh, Squeezes uh probably going oh yeah yeah <laughs> december of the new year and uh i got a i got a bunch of things planned so we'll, we'll keep you in the loop <laughs> perfect well thank you all right man i'll talk to you soon <laughs>